Hey everyone, thanks for visiting us here. And this is Jeannie. My name is full name is Jeannie Hallam, and welcome to my coaching podcast. Uh, our topic today is going to be around creating legendary leaders one at a time. So a little bit about me and my background. Um, uh, my uh, aside from being a coach the past four years, um, I have extensive background for the past 18 plus years in corporate, uh, specifically in the area of behavioral health and well wellness nationally. Um, I also have affiliations with Toastmasters. And then uh, when I did graduate uh, from Accomplishment Coaching, which was a year-long program, a transformational program and leadership program, I ended up continuing with a program that they provide to their graduates. It's called the Leadership Development Program in the, the year of 22 to 23, where I actually participated with senior leaders um, to educate new and upcoming participants on how to become a coach and learned myself throughout that process. Um, and then today, um, I've been on the um, D.C. Um, winter team, which is 23 to 24 as an auxiliary coach, coaching some of their participants too as well. Um, so with that, um, I'd like to get into my vision of what coaching is all about to me. Um, I was inspired through when I was in corporate, I got actually laid off after 18 years. And I said, what the heck am I going to do now? Uh, because I did that role for like 18 years and did a lot of traveling. And it's like all of a sudden, boom, I'm out. Right. But, um, you know, through conversations with a lot of people, I actually found out about the world of coaching. And I know you're going to find this funny, but the only coaching I knew was sports coaching when I was in high school and as a kid, because um, I was very active. But then I found out, wow, the world of coaching, it can actually be a resource to me for uh, growth and to live my life in excellence. And I was just really intrigued because I am a constant learner. And so um, a couple of coaches uh, reached out to me, and I actually ended up going with one coach who was very authentic and gentle and kind and um, got coaching. And uh, I did that for about a year, maybe a year and a half. And I said to my coach, I think I want to be a coach because I was so inspired by the fact that this resource was available to me all the time and I never knew it. I just read self-development books through those 18 years of being in corporate. Um, so he said, you want to be a coach? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, you'd be a great coach. So from there, um, I signed up on the um, what they call the coaches training program. And it was scary because it was a lot of money to me to be spending on myself, which I tend to be a saver. But I'm going to tell you, along with getting the coaching, it was the best money I have ever spent on myself for my growth. And um, so I worked full time at, for another behavioral health company, which I increased my salary by over 50 percent because of the coaching with my coach. 
And while I was doing that, I attended the CTP program, became a coach, graduated. During that time, I built my own business and learned so much. And I would have never done all of that by staying in corporate. Um, my uh, entire plate expanded and uh, I, I couldn't believe I was doing all I was doing, but I just kept doing it because of my vision, because I wanted to help others to know that they didn't have to live their life in the, in a role where they were actually suffering from just because of making money, right? I was making six figures at the time. Um, so hence, here I am today. And if you're wondering, yeah, I'm still working with the same coach. Uh, just because I'm a coach and graduated from Accomplishment Coaching's program, I need to be coached so that I can be the best coach to my own clients. And I'm constantly learning. And I think that's what really drives me in this world is the constant learning, the constant feedback. And I will be learning until the day I die. So I wanted to introduce you to someone here today who is kind enough to take time from his busy schedule to be with us and to share his story of his experience with coaching and um, a really, really terrific individual. And his name is Jameson Jacobs. And with that, Jameson, uh, would you like to give an introduction of yourself and then a little bit of a, your story? around coaching. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I first want to say, Jeannie, it was so great to just hear your journey to coaching and how powerful that is. Um, my name is Jameson Jacobs. Um, I'm an executive leadership career coach. Uh, I do both one-on-one -on -one coaching and work with companies as well. Um, and I think just, you know, everyone... Everyone has a different journey to coaching. And I think for me, uh, I was a financial advisor for a decade and um, I worked with a lot of clients who, you know, I don't know that they had a lot of support structures around coaching in their life. I certainly wasn't a coach at the time. I wouldn't call myself a coach. I didn't tell people I had interest in being a coach, but I did have four clients over, over that time asked me to coach them. Uh, and two was on the same day. So it was a little weird to not be talking about coaching or offering coaching and having people like, Hey, would you consider coaching me? Um, and then my journey continues a little onward after that. I did, I did go through divorce and I was looking at like, what was next for me? Uh, and I wanted to have more direct impact in the world. And, um, you know, I hired a coach, um, I talked to Tony Robbins' son, Jarek. He's, uh, he's more of a performance coach, great coach, uh, obviously with the influence of his father. Um, really good at what he does. Uh, but I was looking for a little bit more than, than just kind of maybe that athletic coach you're talking about, Jeannie, just more something a little deeper than, you know, hey, get the reps in, whether <laughs> it's your business or your body or whatever it is. Um, and, and I also, I know, um, Mel Robbins, you know, they're not related, but the other coach, Mel Robbins, and I talked to her and I did make my way to a coach and uh, her advice was to go get training. To be honest, I was a little resistant. I was like, I don't need training. I'm going to do my own thing. 
And she really just could not underscore or emphasize enough, like, go get training. It won't change you. You still get to do the things you want to do, but but get the training support. Uh, that's led me on a journey where now I, I train coaches for accomplishment coaching. I'm in my fifth year of training coaches. It's been an honor uh, to work with people. I call it like a front row seat. So I get a year long front row seat, you know, to someone's life and coach them for a year why they're training to become a coach. And it's just, I've just seen people shift and change and create an entire new life for themselves based on the things that they want. Uh, and it's just, I, you know, I don't relate to it as work or something that's, uh, you know, taking up time or something like that. I just see it as an honor to like work with others. So it's just been a great experience. Jameson, thank you for all that. How does that impact you by having that front row seat to someone's transformational journey? Oh my gosh. How does it, uh, I think the best way to describe it and maybe language itself falls a little short, but it's, uh, to me that they're like minor miracles or something to see somebody shift the relationship to their family relationship to their partner to go after the things they want in their life that whether it's financial goals or personal goals or personal development goals i've just seen people over that year period just literally become different people i think it's a giant timeout on your life so it's kind of like timeout how's this going for you how is it going in relationship how is it going in and um you know, your family, how is it going in you with you? And I don't think as a culture, we take much time to kind of like stop, reflect. We kind of just keep rolling into the next event or the next thing with not sufficient time to really uh, take a look, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's been, it's been great. And, and how would you say by inspiring all these participants that you coach, um, through this program, the CTP program, how has that led to your own abundance in your life? Um, well, like Eugenie, like I have a coach and I'll always have a coach. And I think, um, I think doing the work with yourself is, is critical to being <laughs> like a good coach for others. And so the impact, I would say, has been one of, you know, um, when judgment comes up, when um, this feeling of like, you think you know what your client should do, to actually set that side and kind of be with them around it versus, uh, you know, versus like putting in your judgment or telling them what to do. It is also the same relationship with yourself, right? It's like those moments when you're like, come on, just do it. I have to do it or whatever pep talk you're giving yourself there. You know, the tendency is to just like kind of push through whatever emotions are coming up uh, and not actually work on that side of it, mm -hmm. which is the resistance and actually noticing like what the resistance is. So I guess, why I work with those clients through their resistance. I'm also developing, you know, how I work through my resistance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a, a continual learning process, yeah. so to speak, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for the betterment of yourself as well. Very humbling at times. Yeah. 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 Okay. Thanks, Jameson. Um, 
And I, I want to get into a little bit about the distinctions uh, between uh, coaching, therapy, and consulting. Um, so, Jameson, would you like to talk about um, <laughs> what coaching is and versus yeah, yeah. therapy and yeah. consulting? Yeah. I think, you know, the, the word coach uh, is used a lot in a lot of different capacity. Uh, and I would say it's largely used as consultant that um, someone's a business coach. They're going to share with you present day knowledge to execute on your business. They're going to they're going to kind of like tell you uh, the path that they've they've worked with that has been successful or for others. And so I would I think a lot of quote unquote coaches are are really consultants. They're trading knowledge for, um, you know, an expertise uh, for money for that support. And then I think, you know, therapy is, is past based, uh, typically, um, working on something that's maybe in the way today, whether it's the relationship with your parents, your siblings, yourself, uh, but you're working through, um, on a, on a personal level, those things that are in the way and that their therapists are really important and, and, uh, it's really important to look at the things that may have gone in the way and get that processing through. And I think where coaching exists is really if you from the International Coach Federation guidelines, it's really a future conversation. Like, what do you want to create? Where do you actually want to go? It's not attached to the how. Um, I I kind of assert that there's so much how in the world right now. You can literally figure out how to do anything. Like if you want to, there's information everywhere. So that's not in the way of people taking action on their goals and the life they want to create. Something else is actually in the way. And so coaching is really going to look at those, the, that relationship to yourself or how you're holding something um, that has it go that way. So, you know, maybe you want to make more money and you're just, you find yourself stuck and you find yourself just not able to kind of move forward. The opportunity isn't necessarily to find another how to do that, but really look at your relationship to money, how it's gone for you, how you want it to go, the experience you want to have. Boy, that resonates with me. <laughs> yeah. Woo. And it's so true. Yeah. It's so true. Unless you know what those stops or blocks are inside of you, how can you create that 50% more yeah. in the position that you currently have? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about in coaching, how that's done? And thank you for the distinctions, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the therapy, I always look at it as it's um, healing from the past. And coaching is moving forward. Yeah. And what's in the way of us getting to where we want to be, right? Just like you said. Yeah. And I think I do want to add one thing here, which is that all, all of these support structures are valuable, right? Like consulting is really valuable. Therapy is really valuable. Coaching is really valuable. Um, you know, they're all needed and useful. Um, and so I think what I notice, especially with people uh, beginning to be coached, is sometimes like coaching relates to everybody whole and complete as they are. There's nothing wrong. And I think people often relate to coaching as like, if something's wrong, then I'll get coaching or something. And I think, well, I know a lot of the most successful people on the planet have coaches. And I would actually assert that that it actually can help be more supportive on the way up in the sense of like noticing those stops we've talked about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
All right. And so what's that called when uh, a client um, uncovers the fact that uh, there's a block that they've uncovered within them, whether it's self-acceptance, self-love, self-trust? What does that enable them to do at that point? I think like anything else, um, you know, it's not always instantaneous. I mean, so it can be like you can have a new awareness and and really choose something different. But often it's something that, you know, may take some practice. Uh, you may notice some of the self-talk that's going on and and start slowly choosing, choosing self-talk that's more supportive of you and less, uh, less blame, shame, uh, judgment. So I think there's a number of practices that can be different for every human. Mm-hmm. But I think the, you know, at the end of every coaching session, there's some actions to take on in service of you. And my favorite clients are the ones who say, you know, I know we talked about going to the gym. I know we we really looked at that. I did not get to the gym. <laughs> and so we really get to look at like, okay, how are you as another thing to do? Yeah, going to the gym probably not that exciting after a long work day, kids. Yeah, I just rather not. Um, but holding the gym as maybe a support structure as something like you love listening to music or you love being in your body and really shifting your relationship to the thing that you want to create. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so it's like a mindset shift yeah. in your client Yep. over time. Mind shift, practice, mm-hmm. compassion for self. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks, Jameson. Yeah. Um, so I always say my vision is I coach legends. Yeah. And so my clients are a choice to become legendary leaders through their mm-hmm. powerful, inspirational, transformational journey. So in partnership with my clients, I coach them to create their lives in excellence. So no matter what their title is, they're all on their way to be legendary leaders of their own lives. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um so with that, um, I'd like to ask you, what's your thoughts around um, how does coaching prepare us as a leader in our own lives and for the leadership roles? Mm. Well, I think I think coaching, um, I think the work that you do on yourself helps you become really aware as a leader. And I think we often think of leadership from, you can, you can identify it from an ego place where you're, you're like, do you know who I am? I'm the, <laughs> I'm the CEO. Uh, yeah, for sure. And you can also relate to it from a, a service point of view where you, you are really the, the humble servant of your, of your employees, that your job is to actually, go after goals and and generate outcomes from a place of partnership with your team. I think coaching can be impactful because um, leadership is about people. And the more you can get clear on what the thing is you want to create and the more you can support the people that are supporting you, (laughs) uh, I think just the outcomes are insane. Uh, you can you can shift an entire culture uh, that has it really win in a multitude of ways. As in, when I do career coaching, I think what's really difficult 
is that people are fighting the internal politics of a company at the same time that they're trying to do their job. And it can be exhausting. And for that, you really need a wake leadership that's open. You need leaders willing to be able to call other leaders out or forward. And I think it just requires uh, uh, a higher level of commitment and kind of the ability to sift through the drama and, uh, you know, work with a lot of different styles of people. Um, Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it is embracing the unknown. It is going after some goals. Um, The ability to learn to ask for help and support. I think a lot of leaders try to do it alone and that can be uh, really difficult. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't need to be the expert to be the leader. You need to be open to the support. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And some of that resonates, too. So um, one of the things that you said really resonated, and that is something to the effect you you said being a quiet leader. Mm. So being a quiet leader can be so effective in an organization where um, they're teaching their people. Yeah. Um to be the best, highest performers that they can be for the company. So in essence, it's really the leader that's getting them to see that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And in essence, makes that leader look good to the entire company. Yeah. And and what does it take for an organization to allow everybody to kind of lead and win? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No matter what their role is. Mm Mm-hmm. So, for instance, and this doesn't mean it's demeaning in any way, but a facilities engineer, yeah, he can be a leader in his role. Oh, yeah. It's how he comes into work, how his attitude is, the kindness that he treats to those around him. And that speaks volumes as opposed to someone who's just in a position to get to the top. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think leadership starts with your own life. Yeah. And then... Um, yeah, I think we are all leaders. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So in a way, it's uh, a lot. A leader shows a lot of kindness, shows a lot of love to their own people. Yeah. For their success. Yeah. In life. And at the same time, the ability to be straightforward, the ability to, um, you know, not not people please at times, you know, mm-hmm. to say the thing mm-hmm. that might be hard to say mm-hmm. and to. um and to have full ownership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Jameson. Yeah. All of that is really good stuff. So, um, you know, we all have ideas of what makes a leader. I know when I was in corporate, my idea of a leader was title mm-hmm. <laughs> and was so different than what it is today, yeah. as I know a, a leader to be. Um, would you mind share, sharing with us what, are some of the characteristics of a, a good, powerful leader? Yeah. So I think some of the characteristics are um, solution orientated, um, which just means that, uh, you know, you're working together in focus. I think the other thing is um, empowering your team. So um, I know that it can be really difficult to, especially if you're good at something to have somebody else do it. There's a tendency of like, I'll just do it. It'll be easier. It'll be quicker. Um, And what it actually takes to train people to actually give up control, to actually let people, you know, not get it right. (laughs) Um, 
and really allowing for that and having that grace. Um, and I think leadership just requires also a higher level of self-care. I think when I work with a lot of leaders, their self-care is in and out. Um, they will trade sleep for production. And I sort of assert that if you only get three, four hours of sleep, you're at like 60 to 70% capacity the whole next day. And that, that trade-off isn't actually effective. That uh, as a leader, you need to take care of yourself. You need to exercise. You need to eat well. You need to uh, enjoy your life. Uh, and the other thing I notice is that a lot of the other senior leaders are often tapped out and don't have a lot of bandwidth. And then the people below them see that and they don't want to move up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you really have to uh, make sure that you're all the supportive leadership, like their their time is honored, that they're taking care of their, themselves, that they do have time off, that they do have time away, that this actually makes a better uh, employee, a better human, um, and and can actually lead to to higher outputs. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it actually it. all faces in the same direction. Yeah, I love it. And another thing that that is housed under well being, uh, which I, I know is a really important component co component in coaching. But um, the power of meditation mm -hmm. in someone's life yeah. um, can be huge. Um, would you like to add anything around that? Yeah, I mean, the meditation thing. I mean, meditation has been important for my life. I, I meditate every morning. Um, and I think it's, uh, to be honest, it's something I resisted for a long time. I just, uh, I like being in the world. <laughs> um <laughs> Even sleeping, I'm like, I'm kind of excited to wake up. And so I was really resistant to meditation for a long time. And um, I'm only now at the point, maybe in the last six or eight months, where like I can't wait to meditate. Um, like I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I do tend to like guided meditations, but I do think meditation uh, is really powerful to kind of do a reset and to spend some time you with you. <laughs> so true. I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. And self-help. Hypnosis yeah. is very, very powerful, too, as well. Okay, great. Um, what would you say has been your biggest challenge um, that you experienced as you went through coaching over the years? I think probably my biggest challenge was, <laughs> it'll sound really softer, I don't know. But I think maybe loving myself was probably the biggest challenge. Like I said, I came out of a divorce and I think, I think I was pretty hard on myself and blamed myself for a lot of the, you know, a lot of the failure. I mean, it always takes two, but I blame myself for, for some of that failure. And so I really think I held on myself, um, just some anger and resentment in some belief that I really had to like choose, choose a different lens. Um, I kind of felt like I was too smart and too awake and aware to kind of fall into the trappings of divorce. Um, and I have three beautiful children. So I think, I think I just, just was like rough with me on it. Uh, so I think part of it was just like having compassion for myself and, um, coming to a sense of peace with myself. Um, I do think I went into 
coaching somewhat unhealed. And I think I, I did some of the healing process as I, as I got the tools to coach. Mm -hmm. I think what that's given me though, is tremendous empathy for others and seeing the greatness in others and trusting the greatness in them. Even when you're not showing up as your best self, even when you're in your stuff, that what I've noticed in this work is that it feels like everyone on the planet on some level is like an angel, but we got beat up by our upbringing, the experiences we had, the situations we went through all kind of put this like lint or dirt or dust over us. And we kind of became disconnected from ourselves. We actually related to ourselves as our experience and not as something bigger than our experience. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Well said, too. And yeah, I've always read, too, that in order to have empathy is because you came from a tough life yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is what precipitates us to have empathy for others mm -hmm. and their lives, too, as well. All right. Excellent. Anything else that you'd like to share in around coaching, um, how it can benefit others, and whether or not someone should look into coaching for themselves? Well, I mean, I think um, it's funny. Someone recently was like, said, I sh don't sell me coaching. <laughs> and I was like, I literally can't sell you coaching. Like, it's such partnership and such teamwork that, like, if you didn't see it for yourself, then it'd be pretty hard to to work with you. Um and so I think, I think for those people who are interested, right, I think when I look across America, it's like a lot of people are disconnected from their dreams or the things they want in their life. And it's so even just asking, like, what do you want? People don't know. Like, unless you're four or five, no one's really asking you, like, what do you what do you want to be? What do you think that is? I, I think uh, I think people think they can't have it. I think people don't want to desire something and not get it. Mm -hmm. So the way they've handled that in general is they've chosen not to go, not mm -hmm. to dream. Mm -hmm. So most people want a little bit better relationship, a little bit better family, a little bit better life, but no one's actually defining like what would light them up or what would, what would, yeah, what would light them up or make them like, what would have you pinch yourself if you were living that life? Mm -hmm. Like nobody's really going after that mm -hmm. um, in general. And so some of it in the beginning is the excavation of, of that part, right? Um, like, you know, people just defining like, what do I want? What's the life I want to have? Mm -hmm. But defining that is critical and you going after the life that mm -hmm. would, would actually serve you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I do have a question for you, Jeannie. Mm -hmm. What brought you to developing this podcast? Oh, that's a great question. Thanks for asking, Jameson. Yeah. I tell you why. Um, I where I'm at now, besides being the coach, is I like to take my message out to the world, mm. and that includes speaking engagements, which I've had just a couple. Um, but I want to increase that circle uh, just to spread. Um, the awareness uh, that I have of coaching and my experience with coaching and just how much it's done for me uh, since four years ago. So for me, in the world of being in corporate, I did a lot of presentations to all kinds of executives and, you know, VC people, stakeholders and so forth. And 
So um, I love one-on-one coaching mm. uh, very much uh, f- for the transformational piece of coaching. Um, but I also enjoy sharing with others my experiences with the hopes of that I'm going to make someone else's life more improved from whatever that they're taking from what I'm speaking about. So I'd like to get more out into the world. So that was, I actually had a client um, (laughs) that um, is a director of a local media company. And she said, you should come and do a podcast. And so this was an invitation from her too, as well. And I, of course, jumped on it too. And so serendipitous too. (laughs) So serendipitous is right. Bring your message out and... And then that yeah. came available. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that's the main reason. And I'd also like to look at other platforms like writing a book, et cetera, to get the word out of um, we don't have to um, feel stuck, <clears throat> excuse me, stuck in our lives. We don't have to feel uh, that we're, we've surrendered in our lives when yeah. there's so much of us that um, we have available to give to others. Mm. It's just finding out who we really are and what our essence is. And that's the other thing we look at, essence. What's your essence, Jameson? Um, Mine is heart, wisdom, power, uh, play. Um, I can remember the last one. Heart, wisdom, power, play. Yeah, I can't remember the fifth. Okay, that's cool. So how has knowing what your essence is helped you be so authentic in your own life? Yeah, I think, yeah, as I developed my essence words, uh, I kind of felt like I could go to a party and be all these words. But then when I got home, I was still scared or worried or stressed or felt uncomfortable. Uh and it took me a little time, but I realized that I can only be my essence. And then fear or worry comes over you. But you are not your fears and worries. So I think what helped me with essence is to ground me in like who I actually was. Because essence is something that I didn't come up with, but other people see in you. Um, it just really helped me to to recognize that, hey, this is, this is some truth about you that others perceive. And... Um, and so in those moments, I was in fear, worry, self-doubt. I don't know what to do, you know, to remind myself of my essence was was really powerful. That's awesome. That's great. And oh, then, I remember the other ones, home. I was thinking it was home, but yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, and then um, to the other side of that, the survival mechanisms, which we all have, mm-hmm. but we're not our survival mechanisms. Yeah. Once we know our essence— how are we better able to have that relationship with our triggers in life or our survival mechanisms, which encircle our fears? Yeah. And I mean, your survival mechanisms are those automatics uh, that are really convenient. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people's success has come off their survival mechanism. It's it's not like essence is good. Survival mechanisms are bad. But to become aware of it and really setting it up so that you're at choice uh, so yeah, maybe you know how to be a jerk at the ticket counter and that really helps you get your way. But when you are with your partner and you're, yeah, and you kind of want to be that same angry that you get at the ticket counter, uh, maybe you're like, oh, I don't actually want to bring that part of me here today. Like, like that. 
and I'm going to choose something different, even though I really <laughs> like want to be mad or be righteous or be in my judgment. So I think it's just putting people at choice so that they're not just living out their automatic behavior mm-hmm. and they're actually choosing how they want it to go. That's beautiful. Yeah. So if we choose living in the world of the unknown, <clears throat> that's where all our possibilities exist. Yeah. And that's where our growth is. Right. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. Jameson, thank you so much for joining us today in this podcast. And yeah. I really appreciate your time and everything that you shared. Would you like to share with us your company? Yeah. So for my one-on-one coaching, it's uh, it's pretty simple. It's Jay Jacobs Coaching. Um, and then I do have a company that interfaces more with other companies that has, you know, uh, about a dozen coaches on it. And that's Jay Jacobs Capital. And it's really dealing with the human capital and developing humans within companies. So um, those are the two, you know, if you're, if you have a company and say, Hey, maybe we want to bring in some coaching, definitely Jay Jacobs Capital would be something you would connect with. If you're like, Hey, I just love some one-on-one coaching. Uh, J. Jacobs Coaching's there for that one-on-one coaching. So cool. So human capital in the fact that the most important um, component to a company is the human capital or yeah. the employees, right? Yeah, it's like people people, people are the asset. <laughs> yes, uh, that's it's beautiful. It's just, just like time. Time yeah. is the asset, um, but people are the asset. And, beautiful. Uh, yeah, what does it look like to actually develop your team? Yeah, thank you, Jameson. Yeah, thank you for uh, having me on here. It's been amazing. Great. Uh, So thank you so much. Yep. My pleasure. And uh, for all of you out there, if you have any interest um, in exploring further um, my company, my website is www.coachingbygenie, that's two N's, N-N-I-E, dot com. And um, happy to share with you on my website. You'll see my email and uh, Certainly um, happy to talk to you at any time. And there's a a spot on my website for you to fill in a message um, if you'd like to have a discovery call to find out um, a little bit more about coaching and if this is something that you could integrate into your own life. Thank you, everyone. 